Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Carrier. Turn to the experts. Let's uh, head to Van Alstein and Willie. This is Jim. How can I help you? Yes, sir. Trying to get a house ready to go on the market. and Well, actually, it's on the market in uh, Richardson. Uh-huh. And the buyer's inspector says that the electrical panel is in the closet, has to be, it's not up to code anymore. I had an electrician look at it, and he said it's going to be real expensive, more than I'm willing to pay to move that thing. Is there, do you know anything about, uh, I mean, I'm sure two-thirds of houses in the neighborhood still have that. It was built in 1959. Uh, Yeah. You got any... There is nothing that says you have to move it and bring the house up to code. Oh, really? And now, inspectors, you know, people always think that, well, the inspector said this doesn't meet code. <laughs> Big deal. It met code when the house was built, and yeah. that's all it has to do. So it's grandfathered in? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Well, that makes me feel better because uh, the electrician I had looked look at it, he said, man, that's going to cost some money. And he, he said, I, I'm not real positive about uh Richardson's code, but he said, uh, you know, he said usually it's grandfathered in. That was a term he used. So yeah, okay. yeah. They, so and and so often people get it in their head that uh, just because it's on an inspection report, oh, it's got to be changed. It doesn't. Right. Uh, that's between you and the buyer. And if the buyer's okay with it, you're okay with it. It goes on down the road. You're worth a thousand dollars to me this morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, my address is. No. <laughs> uh, my stomach's been churning for two days. <laughs> yeah, no, you really just talk with the right. the uh, buyers and okay, and and work it out. There's there's there is so many things. I mean, if and you said the house was built in '59, I yeah. guarantee you yeah. they they probably found you know five dozen things that weren't oh yeah in code. It, I mean and. But the house is very livable and has been updated. It, it cosmetically looks great, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Tanya, how are you today? I'm I'm good. How are you, Jim? I'm doing wonderful. Good. I have a question. My my daughter and son-in-law bought a home in Fort Worth, and it's uh, built probably in the 70s. Um, it's a slab foundation. And there's no cracks or anything like that. They've been doing some remodeling uh, to it. But the base, around the base of the foundation where the concrete is, there's uh, three or four areas where the concrete has, you know, broken away or chipped away, and you can see the rebar. Okay. And and I wanted to see if that's something that can just be patched. or yes. and And who would do that? You know, typically what they have to do is come in and chip off any loose concrete that's that's there and then clean that rebar and put a rust inhibitor on it. And then they make okay. a, a uh, vinyl concrete-type patch. Uh, it's not just mortar, but you can use mortar and if you want. But they make a, a, a concrete patch that has a polymer in it that helps to seal from the moisture getting into that rebar because your biggest enemy is going to be moisture getting to the rebar. It starts to rust. As it rusts, it's, it expands and breaks more of the concrete. 
Now, okay. we're talking something that takes years and years to happen, though. And okay. so by by putting the uh, sealers on it and patching it and all that stuff, you really don't have to lose any sleep over it. As far as somebody okay. who does it, um, you know, I, I don't have anybody off the top of my head, but I, I think some of the brick masons will do it. Uh, and usually it, it's it's kind of a do-it-yourself handyman type project. Okay. Now okay, there, I know there are companies we... who can do it, but uh, I just don't know the name of one. Okay. Okay. So we just need to do a rust inhibitor and then do a. Um, uh, I mean, just use concrete to patch over it once we've done the rust inhibitor. Yeah. Well, they make a, a regular patch concrete patch that has a polymer in it that uh just makes it where water doesn't just travel straight through it because concrete is actually very porous and moisture goes uh-huh. right through it the uh, the the concrete patch with a polymer uh inhibits the water from just penetrating it okay okay so we would just get that and then we could yep. mix it and patch it ourselves yeah and uh, a place to get that because you're not going to find it at the box stores you're going to have to go to a okay. commercial supply store like uh, HD Supply. Okay. And they have all the commercial stuff that contractors use, and they'll have it. Okay, perfect. Okay. Thank you very much. You Appreciate bet. It. Have a Merry Christmas. You too. I got an email from Linda in the Woodlands. She wants to know about touching up aluminum window frames. Easiest way to touch up my 1995 aluminum window frames? Question mark. Rust-Oleum spray paint and a small paintbrush? Do I need to prime first? Not willing to replace my windows, but they do need to be touched up. Also, where do I buy the half tube-shaped plastic pieces that are fitted on the outside of the windows? They tend to get punctured or cracked. Thank you. I appreciate your reply. Okay. First, if you send me an email like this that I use on the air, what we do is we, when uh, I give you the answer on the air like this, we actually clip that recording and email it back to you for your answer. Uh, as far as what to do with this, though, you know, I don't know if we're talking about an anodized aluminum or just plain, just plain aluminum, you know. And the problem is, as aluminum windows age, they start discoloring and they just don't look good. And it's not a matter of touching them up. Uh, it's it's a matter of a lot of times just doing cleanup if they are just a regular silver aluminum, pure aluminum, no coloring on it. Uh, and quite frankly, that's very tedious on, on aluminum windows. Now, if it is the bronze type color, that's mixed in and it's usually not something that you're going to come in and, and do a touch up on the paint. And that's the reason I'm, I'm really not sure what we're talking about uh, on these windows. Built in 95, I can tell you you're going to have either a single pane or more than likely a double pane where the two glasses are basically against each other. And so, yeah, eventually you will want to replace them just because of energy efficiency. But if all you want to do is clean these up, water and vinegar, use 50-50 mix of water and white vinegar and scrub the heck out of it that will clean it up uh, as far as doing any touch-up 
I can't say because I, I just don't have enough to tell you how to touch it up. Uh, typically, you don't touch up an aluminum window, though. Now, the plastic pieces, those I can tell you. You're not going to find them usually at the box stores, although they do carry a limited number. If you go into a glass shop where they replace window frames, or uh, you know glass panels rather, uh, they usually have a huge assortment of them. Now to get the right one, you need to take one of one of yours off, and they are removable. Take it down there, and they can usually match it up to one to put in. And there are dozens and dozens of different ones, and that's the reason you've got to have a piece of yours with you in order for them to match it up. Dennis, how are you today? I'm fine, Jim. How about yourself? I'm doing wonderful. I have a uh, sheetrock question. Um, What would cause three sections of sheetrock to fall off of my garage ceiling all at the same time? How old is it? Uh... Probably mid-80s. Okay. When you looked up, are they double-screwed or single-screwed every, like, eight inches? Nailed. Okay. But was there two that are two inches apart, or is it just a single? Uh, No, it's just a single, and the nails are still in the ceiling, George. Yep. Yeah, it just pulled right through the sheetrock. Yeah. 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 Well... There's there's two issues then. One, the humidity just plain got to it and softened the sheetrock enough where it was able to just pull the the nail heads right through the sheetrock. Which, on a ceiling, it's supposed to be two nails, two inches apart, every eight inches on center. And it sounds like they probably didn't have near enough nails up there. And so no, as the sheetrock no, ages, yeah. And as it ages and moisture gets to it and stuff like that, this is the reason it's supposed to have two nails instead of one. So uh, for the other sheetrock that's still attached, do I need to go in there and screw it? More than likely, yeah. And I say screws, nails or screws, either one is fine. The biggest difference Mm -hmm. that you'll find with with, uh, nails versus screws is nails will tend to move a little bit as wood expands and contracts with moisture changes. It can start spitting the nail out. Screws don't have that problem. Now, if you use a a ring shank nail, you won't have that problem really either. It's just the smooth nails will tend to move with the wood a little bit, expanding and contracting. But yes, if, if you don't go in and reattach... The other pieces, they're subject to falling as well. Yeah. Okay, so you think it's basically just uh, moisture? Yep. But, again, and that brings up the question, I guess, is, well, if all the sheetrock has been up there the same amount of time, why didn't it all fall down, I guess, is the next question. Well, now you just jinxed yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Because... Uh, truthfully, it will all eventually fall. Uh, you know, it's, it's just some pieces, pieces uh, are falling quicker than others, and a lot of it has to do with just playing the number of nails in it. 
Okay, and I can see why one section would fall, but why would three sections come down all at once? More than likely, when they were the way they were taped and floated together, when the one fell, it put pressure and pulled on the next one, which put pressure and pulled on another one. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Sounds like I've got some work to do. Oh, nothing that a little elbow grease and hammering won't fix. Okay, thanks. You bet. Take care. Garage ceilings are bad about that. Um, you know, and it's not just in the garage. All sheetrock on ceilings is supposed to be double attached. And, and again, every eight inches, two nails on centers, two inches apart. Uh, and the whole purpose is it's hanging there. And you got to have enough beef to hold it up. Now, a garage is subject to a lot more humidity levels than the house is, and the humidity will soften the sheetrock. And truthfully, I've never understood, in a, in a bathroom, we're supposed to use green rock because of humidity. I never understood why we don't use it in a garage, because that's always subject to a lot of humidity as well. But we don't, and I don't, I don't fight that. But, hey, most contractors don't even use the the moisture rock in the bathroom so hard to argue with with uh with that it it doesn't create problems absolutely but like in this case they didn't do it right 20 years ago and it's just now showing up and the most obvious question well can i look at mine and see that it's not done that way i Typically, if you got texture on it and paint and all that stuff, you can't even see where the nails and screws are. So usually, no, you can't until it's too late and this happens. Dusty, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Thank you. Hi, I was uh, calling looking for a... I have a bathroom window, and I was looking to either get it frosted or have a new frosted window uh, put in. Okay. It's well, pretty big. It's a 56 by 42. Ooh. So I'm not sure if you recommend a company or if you know of some way that I could put a, you know, frosted screen over it. Or Yeah, they actually make a film that you can put on. Oh, okay. That, that, that's a frosting. And you can get it in, in different things, actually. It doesn't have to be a, a frost. They got it in... Uh, you know, if you want it to look like leaded glass and stuff like that. But uh, the frosting one uh, really does look really, really good. Uh, and it's it's actually available even at the box stores. Oh, cool. Well, the, is, is there any particular that you would uh, recommend? Uh, no, because uh, you're going to find that you don't have choices. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> It's it's going to be pretty limited on on uh, what they what's available. It's going to probably just be one one brand available, and that's going to be it. Okay, great. That sounds a lot cheaper than a window. Oh, it's much. And uh, you know, the the big thing is going to be follow the instructions. Too often, people will try to put it on without following the instructions, and on most of them, you're going to spray water on the window. And then apply this and squeegee the water out for it to stick. And if you follow those instructions that it comes with, it comes out great. Okay. Perfect. I'll give it a try. All right. Take care. Yes, sir. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. William. 
How are you today? Great, Jim. Thanks for my taking my call. Um, our house flooded twice, so we've decided to tear it down and rebuild. And okay. I got a question about the foundation. Uh, we got two options on the foundation, and people are doing this around us. They're driving pilings like you do a beach house. Yep. And they're raising theirs like we only need to go up about three feet. Or I got five acres I could dig a pond and, and take that dirt and build it up that way. Um, I know if you do that, you got to compact it and... Uh, and, and still, and, and then, you, and you would, you would still have to put uh, piers of some kind on it if you, because you can't build on top of the fill. Okay, uh, we got our house plans, uh, and it can come either with a uh, attached garage or not. If we decide to go with the piers, do we just have to eliminate the garage, or how would we do the garage? Because I know you can't have a garage on piers. You can. You you would just have to uh, build a ramp going up into it. I mean, I do house raisings, and I raised one house uh, five feet, and then we built a a ramp up into the garage because we raised the house okay. and garage and, and everything. The advantage you have with the five acres is you, you could build a dirt ramp and put concrete on top of it to get, get up into the garage. I had to build it all out of steel girders like I was building a bridge. I see. I see. We we looked at raising our house, but it's a, nearly a hundred years old, and and the people that came out said it can't be done because of the fireplace in the middle of the house, and it's on piers unless you eliminated mm. that fireplace. You know, it would be yeah. big old huge concrete thing underneath that fireplace. Uh, they said it would be well. It's a hundred years old. It's, sure. It's, yeah, and and that, that concrete under that fireplace probably isn't that good. Did Did you take a look at a product called Flood Frame? No, I've heard you advertise it. Uh, you know, because if you're only talking three feet that you got to go up, Flood Frame That's is a barrier. Yeah, Flood Frame is a barrier that they can put around the home. It's underground. And as floodwaters come, a hatch opens and this barrier comes up with the water and keeps the water out of the home. And yeah. that would be far well, less expensive, but... Yeah, the only problem with that, I showed my wife these new house plans. and, and uh, You done screwed back. up, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, there, there ain't no going back to that, so... Yeah. Anyway, okay. I, I really appreciate your uh, answer, especially but, on the look. On the if, garage, if, so. if you decide to put it up on dirt, you've got two yeah. choices. If you do that, one, you dig perimeter beams that go all the way down into the original soil. The okay. other is to have drilled piers or helical piers put through the dirt that you bring in down into original soils. Uh, and you really to decide you should have a soils report done and oh, that yeah. would give you oh, yeah. that would give you the soils engineer then the information he needs to to steer you in the right direction on which way to build it yeah i talked to one yesterday he's going to come out and look at it so okay, okay. well thanks thank you deidra how can i help you yes i have a question we had some cracking in our tile in our kitchen and ironically it 
seems to be every tile all the way from the kitchen sink down to the main drain line. Okay. Okay. Um, it's been about two to three years. I had a plumber look at it, and he scoped, and he said I had a sagging pipe, which is not uncommon. Right. But it's not broke. It's not broken. But I guess my concern did he is, do any, did he do anything else besides just scope it? That did, was it. Yeah. Then he didn't do his job. Okay. Because the only way anyway, to know if that pipe the only way to know if that pipe has a leak or not is to do what's called a static test, and that's where they uh, put a test ball in the pipe, plug it where it exits, fill the entire system with water, and see if it holds. All these plumbers have gotten really lazy with these cameras. They just want to run the camera and charge you a lot of money to say, "I don't see any leaks. You're fine." That's that's crap. You won't see all the cracks you don't see when a fitting's not glued you don't see these things running a camera through the pipe if it does leak then they should do what's called an isolation and that's using test balls going through the pipe and sectioning off different areas and for that you can use the camera to make sure that there's not leak by and things like that and and to position the test balls in the right area that's what the cameras are good for okay so they, uh, it's called a static test. Is that yes, correct? Yes. correct. And then isolation after that, if yep. they see a problem. Yep. Correct. Joyce and Carrollton, how can I help you? Hi, Jim. I know I have to be quick, so I bet you this is a first. I was cleaning my toilet, and the head of the brush came off, and it's now stuck inside the toilet, and it won't flush. So how do I get it out? Do I have to take the whole to- toilet apart? So it went down through the bowl up into yep. the where the water drains out? You got it. Yeah, no, you, even to, uh, you could take the toilet up off the floor and, and probably get to it, or you can use just a little, uh, like a coat hanger with a little yeah. hook on it, send it oh. down through there and, and try to snag it that way. Oh, Because okay. the way the toilet bowl brushes, typically it's going to have some type of ring on it that has something that you could maybe yeah. hook with that and, and pull it out. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> All right. I'm an original. Okay. Thanks so much, Jim. I hope it works. All right, Joyce. You take care. Hey, if that okay. doesn't work, call me back on KRLD during the next hour, and uh, we can maybe figure something else out. Okay. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Linda in Dallas. Welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you today? Uh, yes, I'm having problems with my air condition here. The return vent, I'm getting a lot of dust from that, and it's getting dusty in the house. And I don't know exactly what I should do about that. Can you give me some advice? Yes. Usually if the air coming back into the house is is getting a lot of dust, it's coming from the attic. but it's it's coming from the return vent. I I know, but it's coming from the attic because you got a hole in in the vent. Right. Uh, in the in the ductwork rather, right. and what happens is the air is is going through. It pulls some of the dust in, and brings it into the house. Uh, how old is your home? It's was born in the fifty. Okay, and I'll bet you have cellulose insulation in it. Uh, well, kind it of a blowed up in there at the time. So yep. would that be sailor? 
That that would be the cellulose. Yeah, it's kind of gray in color. Uh, and as that ages, it starts to uh, decompose and, and degrade and turn into dust. And so that's what's causing the issue. So if you call your uh, AC company, they should be able to follow the ductwork, find out where the leaks are, and fix that for you. Each one of those where it comes through the sheetrock, on newer homes now, we caulk and seal the the metal boot that comes through the sheetrock uh-huh. before we put the grates on. Back when your home was built, that wasn't done. But even today, it can go back and be retrofitted with caulking to seal that up, and that helps tremendously. Okay, they seal the ducts around the vents? They, they, yeah, they take the vent cover off and then uh-huh. seal the duct, the hole that comes through the sheetrock, you know, where the edges are so that it can't be pulling stuff in through the edges around the uh, the duct coming through the sheetrock. Okay. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. But their number is 877-BERKEYS. 877-BERKEYS. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Linda. Have a Merry Christmas. You too. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. And, yeah, that's uh, on older homes where you have the the issue with the the dust. A lot of times that's what it is. Nothing more than it's coming around the the boots where it comes through the sheetrock or there's a hole in the ductwork, one or the other. And, And the way her description was, it's a hole in the ductwork. But since you're repairing that, you might as well fix the other issue as well. So often people think it's it's dust getting in going into the air conditioning unit. But remember, all that air should be passing through a filter. And so the air going in is normally clean. It's picking it up somewhere coming through the system, and that's where we run into an issue. So I got an email that came in from Alicia in uh, Ovila. And she's asking about a whole house water softener system and an aerobics system. Well, here's what it says. I would like a whole house water softener system to eliminate the hard water issues with skin, faucets, etc. But the water drains into the aerobic septic system. Is that a problem with the salt water to drain into the septic or will I need a new drainage situation? Thanks so much. Absolutely not a problem at all. The amount of salt that comes out of the the uh, water softeners is very minimal. I, I know people get concerned about it all the time. And old systems, it was a bigger issue than these newer systems. But absolutely do not worry about this a bit. I, I will tell you, I have a water softener at my house, and I have an aerobic system. And I've had this uh, now for about, well, I put the softener in three years ago. Not an issue at all. Nothing to worry about. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.